Welcome everybody, my name's Wimpy J. Wellington, you are watching the All-Wide Annual Spelling Bee. Today we have our contestants Popeye, Olive Oil, and Bluto going for the cup. Oh boy, I hope I certainly win this thing here. Oh, yes, lock them good. O Olive Oil, let's start with you. Spell ooh. Oh, 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 oh my. Disqualified. Oh boy, she's disqualified. How am I going to do? Uh... Moving right along, Popeye. Oh yeah, here I go. He's going to ask me a question now, but I hope I got an answer this thing here. Uh... Spell for me, finish. Oh boy, that's a word that I sing all the time. I better know this one. Oh, F-I-N-I-T-C-H. There we go. I hope I did a pretty good job there. And finally, let's go to Bluto. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could simply mumble incomprehensibly for the judges. I'm going to win. I'm going to show power. Whoa! Quite a performance. Now let's see here. Yeah, it's the judges. Oh boy, yeah, you think you got it? Well, apparently they were going to award it to Bluto, but considering Popeye has eaten an entire can of spinach, well, it will be awarded to him instead. Uh, I am what I am. A winner. I'm Popeye the sailor. I'm the I'm drunk to the spinach, cause I eat the spinach. I'm hot by the sail. I'm one of the locus, which hates all the locus, what hates honey up and square. My biffs and I bust them, and always have rough them, but none of them gets nowhere. He was on the episode that I was on. Yeah, that was fun. That's right. I, that's where I. Hey, that's where I remember you from. <laughs> I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess then, then we both have heard each other, Ben. Just, oh, that's so weird. <laughs> we've just never spoken directly to each other. <laughs> Zane, which, that, yeah, you're that's, right. That that's the relationship that Ethan has had with you, Zane, for had with you for like seven months. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that no, I that's a person. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the, real. on the weirdest day of your life. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a very twentieth and twenty first century like bizarre nature to the world like the fact that someone can hear someone speak forever and then the other person can hear someone else speak forever never having actually spoken yeah it used to be to relegated person. entirely to like love stories where the lovers are on opposite sides of a wall right yeah, yeah or, exactly. or it's like or it's like or it harkens back to the days of like uh betrothals that uh, where where the people yeah. actually haven't met yet yeah exactly but everything's like, in writing and they like know each other by <laughs> portraits and stuff <laughs> uh, yeah or or like or maybe like two politicians who are rivals who just don't even ever want to meet in person and, and have that <laughs> just slander of... each other in the press <laughs> and like, wait what, or, was, what was the one and thing neither of them like... realize that the other one's made up the, the closest <laughs> the closest that they ever get is across a room at like you know some debate and they don't even shake hands who was the one who uh tried to get his uh political opponent tried to like uh divide his campaign by asserting that that person was dead <laughs> oh that was um <laughs> was yes. that like hamilton no, that or john adams that's adams it's like jefferson's dead can't vote jefferson for him. is dead <laughs> you gotta vote for me instead <laughs> he comes back like two weeks later he's like brilliant. he said what <laughs> brilliant and I, that's got to have worked that must have i mean it absolutely because it was horse travel group. nobody knew entirely convinced that that was a true statement yeah so, so really we're i mean 
our political landscape is not pristine, but at least the <laughs> opponents don't just assert that each other is dead. That's something. Right. This is what they call progress. Well, there really was a uh, there was a politician once who actually did die, but the other guy was so morally like reprehensible to the people that the dead guy still was. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that actually I happened. And I that. think his wife kind of was like, they offered it to her or something, and she's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, that seems correct. I deserve this. (laughs) (laughs) That may be completely libelous or slanderous, and uh, it it does have all the trappings of thing something that is absolutely (laughs) untrue, spurious at best. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, let's. um, I want to get started kind of soon because I gotta leave at like twelve. Okay. Yep. Me too. Um, I've got a. uh, We've got pop-up. Well, I'm uh, the, the Scottish play. I don't know if this counts as a theater. A theater of the mind. Am I allowed to say like the name of the Scottish play? If it's uh, are you, you wait? Know. Are you just telling us that you're going to go take a nap after this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm what I'm do you doing think a the Scottish play is? <laughs> I heard yeah, him say theater the, of the mind. I'm like, is, isn't that a dream? Mm, me and the missus going to go take a Scottish yeah. play. Yeah. We're going to go have some. Uh, yeah, we're going to go do some Burnham Wood. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm gonna go to a D and D game, so you know my my docket is full as well. Yeah, it sounds like we're we're actually up to similar afternoons, Ben. Ooh. Oh yeah. Wait, what kind of D and D campaign do you think we're running? Uh, it's not in Scotland. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, there's right. there's death. There is death and and uh, more death and fighting. No, it's it's weird. My DM is actually uh, he's a real weird guy. Uh, the games don't actually involve death; they only involve taxes. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's really bizarre. Did he just trick you into filing his taxes? For <laughs> like, all right, now on this level, you have to tally up all the capital gains and try and aim for the lowest tax rate. <laughs> oh man, my tax rate's so low; they'll never hit me. Genius. Genius. Um. Yes. And in this one you have to wash my car. <laughs> yes. Storytelling XP. <laughs> this is growing great. We should move on. Um, <laughs> um yeah. yeah. Let's move on. So Oh, I should have said something about Tuesday. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. Or no, I, can't, I I could also just do uh I have your trophy, but we'll gladly give it to you Tuesday. Nice. Uh, if we want to put it in. Yeah, that's, that's good. Fine. That's funny. It, it yam would it yam. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Wimpy. Whoa, Bluto, come here. I'm going to beat you up for the spelling bee. Trophy. God, the, your Popeye voice is great. <laughs> that Bluto's amazing, too. You know, he, what Bluto reminds me of when you do that is the, uh, is the sweet cup and cakes monstrosity from uh, Homestar Runner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, w- I was actually going to say, well, I don't know, are we going to start? Because I do want to make some Oh, some yeah, we're connection. talking. Yeah, we're in it. All right, because you bring up Homestar Runner. I mean, we're we're already off the topic of Popeye, but we haven't so... even introduced you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I never made the connection of how much was connected to Homestar Runner because there is an episode of, uh, or you know, like, Popeye, where they're like, "Oh, it's the Homestar Runner." <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much, and uh, and you know, it, it is a little weird because you've got basically a guy with a huge underbite. Um, no arms. A a girlfriend who is like looks like a broom. That's true. And the, the most popular other thing character. Is that, well, Popeye has this little pet. I just found this out. I never knew this. He had this like, or I'd never seen the cartoon. I think I I knew he had that little 
uh, puppy thing. I didn't know it was a magic puppy dog called, I think it was like the the cheek, the, the sneak or the cheat or something the like cheat. that. And I'm like, well, it's just like the sneak and the cheat in uh, Homestar Runner. It was really weird. I hate, really? I hate to be I this no way idea. because you are a guest, but you are full of shit. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> There's no way that that happened. Well, no. Okay, I'm gonna find it for you because I was just watching. I wish I hadn't closed all my tabs, but um, no worries. The, uh, the oh, uh, close my tabs. Oh, I'll oh, close oh. all my tabs. Oh, boy, I better find it. Close your tabs. Here. Don't let anyone see what we're doing. Whoa, here it is. Oh, except that you're only doing the under the breath voice. Popeye has a very different voice when he's talking out loud. That's true. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you want to get into yeah, if if you want to get into why I picked Popeye, like that, I wanted to talk about. Because I was also thinking about maybe like, um, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Because I feel like I actually almost know Rocky and Bullwinkle quite a bit more. I've seen every episode of that. Multiple wow. times. My, my my wife has called dibs on that eventual episode. Actually, okay. what? Why? That's fine. She loves it. Are you sure she doesn't want no, to recommend it's... another terrible movie? Ben, everyone loves it. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Oh, Rock, Rocky and Bullwinkle is is probably my favorite cartoon. The only of all thing time. I remember about it is. The Russian spies. <laughs> they were yeah, the inept Russian, Russian spies. To, just what? to be fair, because that is libelous. They're not. Yeah, Russian. it was never proven. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> His name happened to be Boris, and her name happened to be Natasha, and their leader was called Fearless Leader, but that does I, not make them Russian. I thought that their names were both Darlink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have been in our spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, spell Darling. Is that the one with the K? <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Zane will fix that in post. It, it, for the meantime, let's get started. Yeah, so we should probably introduce. Uh, Ben's gonna introduce us, and then we'll introduce you, and then we'll okay. all be here, and then we can continue to talk about anything but Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put, put a pin in that Homestar Runner theory. All right, we'll we'll come back to that in the mid middle of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, welcome, one and all. My name is Ben, and that's all what I am. <laughs> and I'm Zane. <laughs> and this is the Carton Cast, uh, where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today we are joined by Philip Hobby. Sit. State your no, name. No, no, no. More excited. You can do oh. better. <laughs> Philip Hobby. Hey, there he is. <laughs> Thanks so much that... for coming on, Phil. Uh, I believe you Thanks. were uh, you are on a podcast of your own. If you'd like to plug that quickly. Uh yes, we have. Um... It was originally a, a series of articles uh, on a website called Cinema 52, which is which is still out there. You can check it out. We have a, a thing called Halflick, where my friend Ben and I, Ben Halflick, if you will, uh, <laughs> go and. <laughs> oh my god! I, I genuinely I, I hope think he says that all the time. <laughs> I I'm love not you joking. I think we came up with the name before we came up with, with what the concept actually meant. <laughs> um, and we watch a movie halfway through and then try to predict the ending. Yeah, uh, it was a uh, uh, plot contrivance that uh, I, I stole on an episode of this podcast when we watched uh, The Point. Yes. No, and you did not steal it. You you were absolutely, uh, you reappropriated it brilliantly. And uh, dare I say it more successfully because uh, we haven't had an episode in quite a while. Oh, so. stop. <laughs> <laughs> so well done. You actually produced yours. That's just one step up above what we can do. So hats off, sir. We, we, uh, we were quite we were quite taken by the fact that you did an episode yeah, like that. Free that was hat. pretty good. Oh, we got a little free hat here. Um, <laughs> I do have to get in our bit. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I, I feel physical discomfort at not having said my bit. Okay, <laughs> you, you got to do it then. 
Too big this is happy. the Cartoon Cast Radio Program, a Brothers and Friends production in collaboration with Phil's Hobbies. Buy them today, children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to give the I forgot to give the the um the things. Shoot. The ribbons. It's all it's all it's all gone. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> That's all, folks. That was a fun. Thanks for having me on, you guys. <laughs> so, uh, um, Phil, you were also on the. Uh, were you, are, are you so you're not a member of the What's with You Scooby Doo, but you were on an episode. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty much just semi regular. Okay. Yeah, and I just, uh, I just, I just, I'm a, yeah, semi regular contributor to the program he gets me on and we watch a various you know a new a different episode and it was through phil that i met nick of that podcast and then through nick that i'm making a lot of contacts with other podcasts so thank you for that <laughs> well yeah you're welcome and thank you you are responsible for this renaissance that the carton cast is going through <laughs> what is uh, that way, is that two words <laughs> i didn't i didn't mention it to you we're in a renaissance <laughs> it's is that how you pronounce it because of your last names <laughs> Yes, he once he, he once fell in love with a girl named Renee. Ooh, how'd that go? The whole story can be seen at your local museum, <laughs> where we were going to be reciting many poems, <laughs> poems, pretentiously, yeah. cross. <laughs> all right, yeah. uh, that's about all I can take of you mis- mispronouncing words. Eh? Let's get on. To, let's get into Popeye. Uh, okay. Yes, so uh, we are watching Popeye the Sailor, which was released in 1933 by Paramount Pictures, and uh, the cartoon shorts continued until 1957, and all of it was based on the comic strip series, which began in 1929 in Kings in uh, King Features. Yeah, and uh, the Popeye cartoon, the comic strip, was created by E.C. Seeger um, and was adapted by Max and Dave Fleischer for animation. Produced by like Paramount think, Pictures. I always like to think that uh, that if Popeye could be like, who was I created by? Oh, Max Seagar. I was spoken about just earlier. You know, <laughs> every time I saw his name, I actually thought it wasn't his real name. I thought it was just like a funny way to like. It's the way that Popeye would just say the word cigar. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, uh, there's a kind of an interesting history here. Um, when the Popeye cartoon was made and produced by Max and Dave Fleischer for animation um, in the 30s, they eventually moved to Florida to cut down on production costs or get tax breaks or something. And it sort of fell apart after that point. Like, Olive Oil's voice actress didn't want to come down there. And um, Paramount actually fired them from their own production (laughs) and just took over for themselves. And so there's a marked difference between that early level of animation and what it would become later on in later decades. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, part of the reason, well, there were a few reasons why I kind of thought Popeye would be a fun choice. Um, and it's one of which is just, and I think I was surprised by doing, kind of going back and rewatching a bunch of these sort of in prep for this. But the main reason why I loved Popeye was that like if you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something like that, they meticulously mm-hmm. script those, and they're very funny. But you can absolutely tell with certainly those ones from kind of the late '30s that Popeye, the voice actor there, is is clearly just having fun with a pretty <laughs> loose script. Like the script says, 
say this line. It's usually like a really terrible pun. Like, you know, she falls and he goes, boy, you got off on the wrong foot there. You know, and then you hear him go like, just listen all oh my day. God, you know, there's a, oh, I'm going to go on a date with olive oil. I hope she's happy. And like, you can tell he's just like stringing along like this James Joycean stream of consciousness that is just this perfect array of thoughts that are extremely clear if they weren't there. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's only I think it it's clearly only after they move down to Florida that that sort of stuff happens because, like it's it's the thing that always stood out to me of what made Popeye a little different, but it only happens in that era like when they move down to Florida because the really early ones it's just the straightforward lines and then like you get way up to the fifties and there's barely any speaking at all. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. There's, this is actually a thing that we've dealt with before, Phil. Um, the idea that um you have voice actors who are improvising some of their dialogue. Mm. We actually had it in Angry Beavers. And, oh, uh, yes. It okay. was kind of the yeah. saving grace of that show. What kind of put it over the top as an actual really good show to, to look back upon is that the voice actors um, were just kind of constantly bantering with each other. Right. And it, uh, it gave it a lot of, it gave the characters a lot of personality and maybe, maybe instrumental into why Popeye has persisted so much. And I, and I think it actually contributes more here because in Angry Beavers, they animated around their speaking, like they animated the moving. But a lot of times, like in Popeye, their mouths just won't move. Right. Yeah, they're it's, it's done like by two the different titles in a silent film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's like someone's trying to lip sync for another person, <laughs> but doesn't know what they're going to say. And in general, I was, I was surprised and pleased. Like this show really holds up. Oh, yeah. Like in terms of like, how much fun it is to watch and even like fluidity of animation it beats out a lot of the more recent stuff that we've covered well I, you know it's funny i was i was noticing that too and i i noted that i was i mean when i grew up i was a big fan of like pretty much anything produced in the 20s 30s and 40s uh, i mean turner classic movies was the place to be um i there is actually somebody here in portland who genuinely thinks i'm a time traveler and his reasoning is he goes nobody could know that much about jack benny and i'm mm. like it's Unless not like i knew about it to jack. <laughs> i'm like it's not like i knew about this before it came out this stuff has been out for like 80 years and i just happened to go oh it's available i'll listen yeah to let's it, you know? let's get your uh 5 10 15 year predictions out right now and we can <laughs> we can come back and revisit this all right uh yeah um, um Who's going to be a great comedian on the radio <laughs> who takes the nation by storm because of some amusing physical feature on his face. So you, right, are, so you, uh, you are a time traveler. You are a time lord in the same way that everybody <laughs> who has an Internet connection has the potential <laughs> exactly. to be a time lord. That was my point. I'm like, you had Turner Classic Movies on when you were a kid, pal. You, know? <laughs> um, <laughs> you could have watched it. That's what um, we call sick day TV. But yeah. yeah that and uh, Price is Right. You know, I never once watched The Price is Right when I was sick. That's not right. That's true. That's I, I true. know. And <laughs> you, it was the you type of thing. watched it. It's a moral thing. My head can <laughs> It is. is I, I impeachable. Would, like, my brother and sister did when they were sick, but of course, like, when they're sick, you know, I was at school. And then I'd come home and watch, like, you know, some old, like, screwball comedy with William Powell or something. <laughs> and uh, then they'd kind of go, you know, The Price is Right. And my brother and sister were kind of like, how do you not know about The Price is Right? And mm-hmm. I just like never, I never even heard of it until Wait, I was like maybe 15 or 16. Do you just have like game show blindness? Do you know Wheel of Fortune? No, no, I, I mean, Wheel <laughs> of Fortune was one of my favorites. Cash Cab? Uh, 
I, I'll tell you, this is a deep pull. I used to watch Scrabble, the game show. I mean, that couldn't like, have been a game show. That was an absolute game show back in the eighties. <sighs> you know, and what trivial, trivial pursuit, not, not yeah. like Jeopardy. It was an actual trivial pursuit. Like game show where you had to <laughs> it's the fill only in the game pieces. show <laughs> whose yeah. runtime is two and a half hours. <laughs> it w- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Risk the board game. Oh no. Oh my god. I mean the the game show that would be or the board game. You know what my or favorite game. Uh, fa- favorite game show was uh, was Supermarket Sweep. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a weird one. Because they they, oh. they tried to make it so dramatic, and the prize <laughs> money was only like five hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, and it's yeah, like that... all these these buff men lifting up gigantic inflatable fish and like <laughs> stuffing them in a shopping cart. I need to get as many garden hoses as I can carry. <laughs> and you've won five hundred dollars. That and the plane fare that you could have spent on groceries will get you more groceries. <laughs> when enjoy eating, you glutton. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have an enormous <laughs> freezer for all the turkeys. Gaming segment. <laughs> No, uh, no, 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 they're one lot over from Emerald, so they just, like, send them on their way. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you want to learn how to cook this food. That's amazing. It's like a day camp. Yeah. Um, we, we should keep going. Um, well, fine, Dad. Uh, so, Popeye has enjoyed a number of uh, reboots and iterations. Uh, he had a series from 1960 to 62 by King Features Syndicate, which also put out Defenders of the Earth. Oh, and very nice. You re- you remember? Ah, how could I forget? Um, the most confusing was... Mad Libs hero of all time. <laughs> the Phantom, uh, a.k.a. the Ghost Who Walks, who commands the power of ten tigers. That's correct. And I'll just leave it um, there. There was the all-new Popeye Hour on CBS Saturday Morning lineup from uh, 78 to 83. In 87, there was a short series on CBS, Popeye and Son, where I guess he juggles a baby in between punching people. Uh, <laughs> like, literally? Better. In 2001, the Popeye show ran on Cartoon Network, which just kind of re-showed the shorts. Uh, and in 2004, there was a movie called Popeye's Voyage, The Quest for Pappy. Oh, Poop Deck Pappy. I mentioned it because <laughs> Billy I mentioned it because Billy West voiced Popeye. Yeah, that, I saw and that. He described it as the hardest job he ever did ever. Really? Yeah. What, what did he cite as the difficulty? <laughs> you know, it, it, whole... it is taxing on the voice. I actually had to go uh, get a little Get a little drink. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. It's pretty... It's yeah. taxing um, on, the, on the, the larynx. You left out the, the, the Popeye movie Rob, directed by Robert say, Ullman. By Robert Ullman. And starring Ullman. Robert Williams. Starring Robert Williams. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so Robert Williams. That's so weird. You know, I actually... I, I've never watched it in, in part because I just... I loved the cartoon and I just was like... I mean, because one of the things about the cartoon is that it's so, like, madcap and absurd based on the fact that you can really do anything with animation. Oh, and, yeah. And when I watch some clips from it, because like, I, I just never really even bothered checking it out. Um, uh, well, in fact, Robin Williams was on kind of the no list for my dad, believe it or not. Uh, really? Oh, if you listen to... Uh, did they, like, he did did they like love the same woman? He didn't want you watching it. What's were, that? Were they fighting over the same woman, constantly arm wrestling each other, <laughs> pummeling each other up and down the no, seaside uh, town in which they live? Bill Murray was on that list too. Just like I could watch pretty much anything, but if it had Bill Murray in it, it was it was done. 
<laughs> Wait, and, well, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> no, I know. It was weird. It was because he p- often plays slackers, and my dad did not want me to become a slacker. That is a quote. That That's awesome. Probably- <laughs> I thought it was because he was in Groundhog Day and he didn't want you becoming more of a Time Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he's barely he's barely stable as 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 he is, Esther. Yeah, my dad was was Strickland from Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> nice or Hank Hill. Good good guy in many ways, but uh, that was that was the TV rules. No no no. Uh, Rob Williams was kind of on the. Hmm. Uh, well, but it's that was part of the reason I never watched it. But the other part, um, I realized like watching these clips, it's like. You know, it's really fun when you watch it in a cartoon and to try to get some of these bizarre things like him punching a squid so that it flies up in the air. They they actually do a remarkably good job at that. No, they, they nailed it the first time. Yeah. Like even even when they went back to like recolor and remaster the old ones, I think it took away. I think you mm. uh, really nailed it when you were saying how um, they could animate whatever they wanted so they animated everything they wanted <laughs> and they did oh my yeah. god all of the all of the jokes are visual humor that makes no sense like right you're punching a lightning bolt and then the lightning bolt becomes a man it's and fine. then the man starts drowning yes perfect. yes perfect i mean such a bizarre yeah like however weird you think it's going to be it gets gets worse yeah, like, yeah well that's the thing is that those early cartoons um this is what I was going on with, like, that basically I am kind of like a time traveler in a way. Like, if you think that I was born in 1922 and got cryogenically frozen in about 1944, that is a big span of my knowledge right there. <laughs> Maybe um, we should have done that sketch, Ben. <laughs> it's okay. Then, yeah. Yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll um, keep it in the back pocket in case we need to But those really early later. cartoons are just so, like, like, they're so fluid. You know what I mean? Like... This was yeah. also the age before they had some time-saving animation techniques, such as limited yeah. animation, or you know later right. on down the road like CG. Um, yeah. So th- it mean, was something that they had to do very deliberately and without right. um, w- without kind of cost-cutting measures. So everything looks incredible because it had an incredible number of man hours behind it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they did reuse shots, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but like not even that much. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was actually looking for that. Like, you know, okay, he's going to go over that hill and go, whoa, and fly. He's yeah. going to do that again. And I'm like, oh, wow, they only did it once. They moved on to the next visual. Yeah, guy. this isn't you know, your was... this isn't your granddad's He-Man. Well, I guess actually it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. This isn't your this child's He-Man's He-Man. Granddad's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, um, you know, you look at those other Fleischer cartoons like Betty Boop, and it's very similar. Um, you know, like, you know, Betty Boop is dancing and her arms are just these like, you know, pieces of spaghetti that are just flopping around. Like, oh, it's, man. It's, but it's just so fluid, and you're just not... I, and then I'm Popeye joins in on the hula dance. Yes! Oh, that was so good. <laughs> that was so good. Then uh, I, I want to mention one last uh, uh, reboot that they tried to do. There, there's been another Popeye movie in development since 2010. No way. Uh, that at one point was in the hands of Gennady Tartakovsky. Really? <laughs> for our eventual Popeye Samurai Jack ma- uh, you know, cross fiction. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop Aku. <laughs> I, I would love to see the fight between Aku and Popeye because Popeye is just as much of a shapeshifter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he bends oh, reality like, and, and spinaches his fuel cells. It's It's crazy. Well, what was I, I? I was reading about it too, uh, just being like, okay, what do other people think about Popeye? And they do say stuff like, and the moment, uh, and actually, I think this is true before he takes the spinach, but like the moment he eats the spinach, he can now do things that defy the laws of physics and, 
you know, impress even scientists. It's not a, it's not just strength. <laughs> like it's whatever he yeah. just it just makes him better in whatever way is necessary. He he'll twist his arm around yeah. and then like use it to twister punch somebody like he's Gumby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did you watch the yeah. Sinbad the Sailor one where that happens? I did. That one's How could so I not? good. <laughs> yeah. It, like, those... And Olive Oil tells him to do the twister punch as though this is like a maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> that they practiced yeah. at this like, point I was like oh remember how we like looked up the fighting moves of Big O yeah <laughs> Popeye's like a, a mech <laughs> yeah well she's, she's like look this isn't my first rodeo guys like, do, that I, one we all know many, he can fire Hadoukens <laughs> I think the thing that the question that I have is that like okay he eats the spinach and now he's super strong and, and kind of you know saves the day with whatever's going on it doesn't even have to be Bluto it could be just that like she's on roller skates flying down a hill well it's um, Bluto but like before he takes the spinach he's not like a weakling you no. know like he is no. he's remarkably and absurdly strong even before he eats the spinach I, yeah. I like to say that that, hi- that is his strength of character <laughs> okay with that <laughs> <laughs> and that well, when you're not wrong, when he eats the spinach, he's just fulfilling his potential by getting all of that vitamin A. <laughs> so I, the idea of spinach as a superfood, yeah. There, there, there's a story about a scientist in 1870 who he was cataloging nutritional information yes. and misplaced a decimal point. Oh, I've heard that. Is that true? I've heard no, that. The story is not true. Okay, but it is entertaining, so it might as well be. Great. Yeah. So I'm only going to remember it more? as fact. <laughs> I know. That's how they get you, Ben. Like, I want to know, is there more iron in spinach then? Because I know that, like, in part... There's a good amount, but no more than, like, broccoli. Spinach, yeah. Okay, yeah. I th- I've heard it was pretty similar to those other foods that taste horrible. Yeah. yeah. I can say, from a scientific standpoint, I have eaten spinach and have not grown massive nuclear biceps. <laughs> <laughs> with, or, with, or with biceps, biceps on biceps. That, that travel throughout my body and come back to, like, <laughs> my forearms. With, with, yeah. a ding, with a dinging bell sound at the end. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. at Coney Island. <laughs> That's a quality assurance check. It's like the, you know, is he strong enough to ring the bell? <laughs> yeah. It's like that like, test that you do if you're training to be an astronaut. You have to keep the ball afloat by blowing into it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I, uh, I do. Yeah. Did you see the one where they go to the... Oh, yeah. Of course space. you did. Yeah. Where they go to Coney Island and then Betty Boop's there. Yes. But like... Yeah. And every time Bluto kind of like does something pretty impressive, and uh, and and then Popeye can actually like you know outdo him with just his bare hands. Yeah, and he yeah. does. I love it. He did, uh, Bluto does impressive things that are a regular person impressive. Like he's just a strong guy, but right. Pop- Popeye does impressive things in the manner of a wizard. So, <laughs> well, I've got a friend actually who's kind of like like Bluto, but nice. Like he helps everybody move. I remember when he helped me move. He came down and he just picked up. Well, he he said, "All right, help me pick up the washing machine and the dryer." And I'm like, "Okay." And I I mean I could barely. I mean I I was maybe like 130 back then. You you were there for motivational. (laughs) Oh, not (laughs) even that much, Ben. You're giving me far too much credit. Um, Time wizard. And uh, (laughs) now you're giving me enough credit. And he uh, he actually like he looks at me and goes, "Okay, seriously." And he. He shushes me away with his hand, and he goes, and he just grabs it, picks it up, and brings it up the stairs. And he actually turned to me. He goes, I don't know why you're being so lazy. And it was only in the last year or two, (laughs) he told me, he goes, by the way, I wasn't joking. I thought everybody was just being lazy (laughs) because I can pick all this stuff up. They are ants. (laughs) And he then said, oh, right. I think it was because he's got a younger sister, and 
she's like weighs about a hundred pounds. The strongest man in the world. <laughs> like, he, what oh, if no, he man is just very, very strong. Amnesia? And he just kind of went, I, I can pick this stuff up. And I never made the connection that most other people can't do that. I just thought you were being lazy, genuinely. And I'm like, and I thought you were being ironic. So, because generally people who have large muscles have like an appreciation for, like, it's sort of the you know when you um, train to be right. a martial artist, you have a, right. a knowledge of when to use it. Like, you respect the skills that you've earned. So, people who are really strong generally understand that it is not easy to become very strong. <laughs> Now, he's naturally a uh, a very strong person. and uh, That's how Zane used to be. When? I don't know. Just like you're 14 through 18, you just like suddenly you were built like a refrigerator and like you've never worked out before. It was very strange. Like those guys from the triplets of Belleville, just those big, you know. Yeah, that's a good yeah, never, never worked out before except for the two hours a day I spent swimming. <laughs> well, no, but like before that even. Yeah. Besides, I swam. You got to eat a lot of meat, Ben. Yeah, that, that is what you... I mean, more spinach, apparently. Let's get back to Popeye. <laughs> so Popeye the Sailor... La- last name Sailor Man. of a man. Sailor Man. <laughs> uh, home from his tour with the Navy, who just wants to spend time with his best gal, but must first overcome the desires of his rival, Bluto. Yeah. And then they punch each other. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I I, uh, I happened upon an old theme song that was used in place of the theme song that he has now. Um, you guys okay. might not be aware of it. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna sing it real quick if that's okay. Please do. Fighting Bluto by midnight. Winning <laughs> oil by daylight. <laughs> Always hungry for his spinach. He is the one sailor man. Right. Did you Cut make that me. up? Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly like Sailor Moon, so I'm like, ah, I gotta do something. That's brilliant. Uh, it actually also sounded like the Masi- Masochism Tango by... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. By, what, uh, what is this? Somewhere. I ache for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Masochism um, tango? Ben, you gotta listen to some more Tom Lehrer. Oh, Tom Lehrer's brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, I also that... like... What's that? Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. No, you go for it. I'll All keep right. talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say something. Um... <laughs> But we should gonna... keep that whole little dumb thing in there. <laughs> Say, don't cut that out. <laughs> yeah, how much, how much, how much do you edit out of these things? Not as much as you'd think, but more than you'd hope. Yeah. More so, I'm pushing things around so that it flows a little better. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they don't clear away his throat clearing noises. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's terrible. I or, go back or, and listen to the early ones no before factory. I figured out that trick. Oh, it's pretty bad. I'm just hacking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you actually kept in uh, Nick's belches. Yeah, well, he asked they us were too. Plot important. <laughs> they were they plot, were plot points, relevant. Yes. It's part of his contract. Um, <laughs> I require a song, a musical number, and three belches, Nick. Um, but uh, what I was going to say was that I actually was looking up because I, I realized I never knew how does olive oil and how do olive oil and Popeye like get together? They kind of don't. Well, it starts out apparently. Olive oil and her boyfriend Harold Ham gravy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> these names. I, I love. They clearly made these names up on a dare, and now they're immortalized. <laughs> no, they made them up when they were hungry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the people. Um, she's got a brother named Castroyal, which I thought was. Pretty I thought funny. that was her dad. Oh, uh, I thought it was her brother. You but... might be right. They're hypothetical yeah, enterprising brother baby oil. oil. Yeah. Ugh. That's um, so coal and nana oil. Yeah, I, I I remember the triangle, the love triangle that is is sort of formulaic, and um, it depends on the writer, I think, uh, where yes. exactly Bluto and Popeye fit together into Olive Oil's love life. But from what but, I could tell, the general gist of it is that they are both suitors that Olive Oil is receptive to, but Olive Oil just likes Popeye better. Yes, well, until she stronger. doesn't. Because she's the most fickle character I've ever seen. Well, again, like, she's she's written by dev- very like many different people throughout the ages. Or are you just right. talking about in the thirties? Um, I mean, no, I mean I think throughout. Like, like there were some where Bluto comes up and I think he just kidnaps her. Yeah. But then there's other <laughs> ones where she's like tracks. Yeah. Why? With, Why? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I'm gonna marry you. Ah, well, enough with that idea. Here is the train tracks. I'm distracted. I'm gonna tie you using the the big pieces of metal. You know, Taking just... out the love of my life and trains in one fell swoop. Yeah, I like the one where he, where she's like, she sings a little song like, "I'm moving today and I'm so excited." And then she goes, and I've hired like the strongest mover ever. And Popeye comes over and he goes, Whoa, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, Popeye, I'm moving. He goes, Well, let me help you. She goes, No, I've hired a real man. And then Bluto comes over and goes, Hey, where do you want this stuff? And she goes, Oh, my dream man. And Popeye's like, Seriously, like, what the fuck? Like, he's just. <laughs> I thought, I thought we were going steady. <laughs> It was so like sounded like a radio broadcast, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suddenly not. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not allowed to swear on your time, program. And then just, all of a sudden, oh, yeah. it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, he's just like, wait, I thought we were together, and even I, as an audience member, was like, I thought you two were together. What's going on, Olive Oil? Are you are you making eyes at Pluto? I don't take kindly to this, and neither does Popeye. No, it's, it's and a he's classic Princess Peach thing. Like she only loves Popeye when he's rescuing. Yeah. Her. Yeah, think, it's, it's like it's like Elaine from um, from Back to the Future. You know, she's she's like she's like, oh, what a nerd! But I love this guy. You know, yeah, Calvin Klein because he's like in danger of being, you know, having a concussion. But then she realized that the nerd can solve problems with violence. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you want in a man. I mean, like you're he totally right, somebody? and that's super hypocritical and very formulaic, Zane, But. <laughs> Are you telling me you didn't love the scene when he punches out Biff? Oh, it's with so his good. left? Come on, it yeah, is not good. Left-handed. I, that's a good point. And the he doesn't do a solid punch. He, he swings around, which is not a great. You know, that's not the most efficient way to punch. That's true. But uh, you do need a straight line. But uh, I feel like I feel like we are not any longer talking about Popeye. <laughs> no, we're talking about Back <laughs> to the Future, and I would love to stick on it because I do love Back to the Future. So let, let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Popeye in depth, like just his character, and then we can bring it back to the others in a second. Um, right. I, I find him like Superman in many ways, in that he has no real personality other than that he's a good guy who is stronger than everyone else. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a slight quirk he, in that he requir- requires spinach to fewer his power well, cells. He, he has a lot of characteristics, but they're not really personality. No, he's just good guy what mumbles and, and punches. <laughs> yeah. He's got quirks. He's Which got, is the yeah, main, exactly. 
It's the main thing I look for in a main character. But I mean, so. that's what that's what Superman was for a long time. Is that he's just good guy who was stronger than everyone else. Yeah, like you try and make a dark, gritty reboot of Popeye, and like you don't have anything to go from. Right. <laughs> like there's no, there's no evil. I there. feel like he'd turn out like Luigi from There Will Be Brawl. <laughs> like just an addict, <laughs> like an addict hero. Well, yeah. If you want to start thinking about it that way, like. Is he addicted to spinach? I mean, I suppose that is. Is that is that a legitimate question, or did we just go into the realm oh, those of absurdity? Are, that those are clearly steroids. What, what I think that he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what yeah, I, think, I like that interpretation a lot. What I think he he's doing, and I think this is sort of an, a personality that I'm injecting onto him. I think that he has like this machismo that he is trying to live up to, possibly mm. because mm. he's in the closet. But what I'm saying is. <laughs> Let me get through it. I think that he is trying to be more manly than he actually is, which is why under the breath, he talks in that like kind of Groucho Marx-esque like, comedian yeah. oh, voice. Yeah. Whereas over the breath, like when he's talking to people, he's very like trying to be intimidating, like a deep throat voice. That's a good point. And the idea that like he keeps on doing these amazing things and has to live up and one-up himself. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it must be hard being Popeye because, on the one hand, he's this like strong and ultimately good person. Um, but on the other hand, he's got a girlfriend who's just constantly making eyes at other people. Um, he's got now a hype that he's got to live up to, and like e- even amongst these amazing feats where he's dropping pianos out of windows and then catching them, Olive Oil is still kind of like questioning which man she should actually ultimately choose. I want to think that that was just a artifact. And I would of say that's times. a false dichotomy, olive oil. I, I, is this a metaphor for gang so, violence? So there's this thing about this show that I'm wondering if, um, because it was like one of the first animated cartoons, if they were still cribbing very strongly from other types of entertainment, like stage entertainment. Specifically, I see a lot of similarities to theater plot lines, like Shakespearean almost um, kind of kind of plots. And so well, the woman yeah, here is, you know, the one that's caught in the middle and trying to trying to figure this, out what to do. This love triangle situation can be imported into all sorts of different scenarios and times and places. And, like, it's the same thing every episode, but it's varied enough in how it's executed. So I, I, I like to think of each of these Popeyes as, like, their own thing like you know how they swap out james bonds like these are just hmm. a bunch of popeyes yes hmm. like real like reliving <laughs> like, like it's a like it's a greek myth like he's reliving his greatest achievements day after day yeah, or he's just he's constantly pushing up that stone up the up the mountain except that the stone is <laughs> being ignored by olive oil and having and to punch like, pluto I, in the mouth I, I, today's going to be the day I do it without the spinach. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need it. I definitely don't need it. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. I, uh, I also see a lot, like visually, I think this is coming, I mean, it it is coming straight on the heels of silent movies. Um, And I think, you know, you watch something like Buster Keaton, I think is a good example where the visual gags are almost superhuman. I mean, what he's doing is incredible. I mean, some of the, just the stunts he does to his own body where he's, you know, jumping across things or whatever. Um, or or just, you know, some of the, the crazy things like him walking up into, uh, into a movie and kind of wandering around inside the movie or, you know, playing, playing a 
pool and never hitting the 13 ball which contains a bomb <laughs> you know just just these love these sorts of scenes that are just so visually they're such visual treats like you know mm-hmm. and i think that these cartoons are saying well listen let's take that as our sort of starting point but because we can animate uh, you know as you said ben like anything you know anything let's do everything that we want there's no real limitations um and it's almost kind of i think it's partly because animation was kind of this sort of newish medium that mm-hmm. they don't even say they don't even know where the boundaries are yet in fact and, they don't think there and, are any and this whole th- this style of what they're doing but they're using the iconography of the cartoons which had just come out, you know, Looney Tunes and Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. like just prior to uh, this. Complete right. with so some of the sound effects, kind of, yeah. They're all cribbing off each other, doing the same plot lines or the same jokes, but I don't know, something about this specifically is very, very fluid. The thing is, um, the thing is that I think they, they, that they are just trying to make scenes that are, that are fun to watch. Whereas like, okay, so modern cartoons especially recently to put a lot of stock into characterization and plot we need to develop we need to grow exactly and this one is we already have everything we need to work with and we're just going to phrase it in different ways so it's it's very it's a very different philosophy to animate in i think Mm. um but not one that is like inherently worse it's just it's a it's so the style of the time you know Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely did did I just ruin the conversation? I, I'm getting feedback no, I think, like I ruined it. No, no, <laughs> no I, I I think you actually summed it up so well that I, there was very little room to improve on that. I the dropped show the mic. Is so inextricably linked to the way it's done and the animation style mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we should like go through characters so that we can do that. More yeah, you're right. Uh, d- yeah. So I I'm pretty much done with Popeye. Um, yeah. um, he was voiced most generally by Jack Mercer. Like, he did it for the longest, and that was also the voice of Felix the Cat. I'm getting a weird image now, because Alex Mercer is the protagonist of uh, Prototype, the video game where he's, like, a like genetic experiment gone wrong. <laughs> now, I can't th- well, Pop- now I can't think that Popeye is not one well, of those. Popeye kind of is, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. His, his character proportions I... are amazing. He looks like they stuffed balloons <laughs> in his biceps and, like, surgically sewed it up, and the anchors look like so marks. Yeah, and they, they put, like, a buckyball where his hips are. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, they, like, they don't... His hips don't I, have any sort of form to them that is at all attractive. I would love a sinister, weird, like, origin story story... Uh, origin story, <laughs> like, cartoon... But like really dark, nothing funny about it. Where these like super like you know deep underground scientists are going, <laughs> we're gonna take the sailor. He doesn't even know what we're doing. You didn't even tell him, man. That's that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna turn him into a superhuman navy person. And he's like, they he like wakes up and he's just like he just bursts out <laughs> in this like energetic fury and just he just suddenly goes about his business with no memory and just goes. Well, I'm a pretty strong sailor. Here we go, <laughs> and it just goes well, when, along when his these, business, and they I can get never these find him. Tattooed on my arms, uh, it looks pretty sharp. <laughs> You'll cringe. You'll shriek when you see the sailor man <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> yeah, that's why he keeps saying, "I am what I am." He doesn't even he know. Doesn't know. He doesn't uh, th- th- know. Yeah, I, I, he's I a scientific mean. experiment. Yeah. Popeye, you're an abomination. Nah, I just a well, sailor. Well, that's, that's why I think he's like a, a like a, a gay person that's been repressed is that he's constantly asserting his own identity to himself. Mm. Oh yeah, like that that uh, 
that machismo. Yeah, that exactly. Mentioned. That's that I am what I am, and that's all what I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. He keeps on bragging about how strong he is. Yeah, he he's always trying to get the girl, but it's never like consummated in any way. And, and he keeps on making yeah. weird sham marriage. He, he makes weird sexual <laughs> innuendos, constantly asking people <laughs> to blow him down. You know, he's t- telling everyone that he's strong to the finish. Hey, I'm just hey, saying, hanging out on the boat with all the other seamen. <laughs> I'm you just know. saying, guys. <laughs> no, that's that's a great in the navy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, accepted. Moving yep, on. Yep. <laughs> Popeye is closeted. Maybe that's why olive oil keeps on like, no, I want to be with Pluto. <laughs> yeah. Popeye, I would if I could, but it you, we, we both know what this is. <laughs> but look at how strong I am. I forgot yeah. how strong you were. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Do that's... you guys have anything to say about Pluto? Well, he, I mean... He's, Look how big he is. He, yeah, I was about to say, there's well, not much to say because he's kind of a foil for, like, action that, that's going to happen. Because, it, like, if you look at an episode without Bluto, it, it's mostly just, like, the world is so madcap where they are that it just comes crashing yeah. down upon their ears. And then he takes the spinach to kind of just rescue poor olive oil from, you know, whatever is happening. The but world's crazy. I need the spinach just to escape. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When Bluto's there, it's much more interesting because you have that personal conflict rather than the sort of amorphous, mm. why are the trees trying to murder it, me? It's also, it also <laughs> says more about like <laughs> the Fleischerism demon. Uh, it also says more about um, their, rel- their relative um, size, their relative shape is really interesting yeah. as like a commentary of the, the, the philosophy at the time, the moral ethics at the time, kind of the zeitgeist, which is. Popeye is sort of a misshapen, weird looking, <laughs> like kind of freak of nature. Like he, he's he's like uh, like one normal sausage man. with two rather fat sausages. That just hang <laughs> yeah. Whereas art art challenge, draw Popeye using only sausages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure Wimpy doesn't eat them. And so, yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, Bluto is like. You know, he's not handsome, but he's not ugly in the same way that Popeye or, <laughs> frankly, olive oil is. He's a real ubermensch. Yeah, he's he, he's really barrel-chested, yeah. big biceps, really hairy. A basso profundo. Exactly. So, like, I think he's supposed to be kind of the, um, the all-American hero, kind of like all-American football hero sort of <laughs> archetype. And Popeye is the underdog. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, at least in character I, proportion. He comes in on a boat. He's stealing our women. Yeah, no, I get it, Ben. You hate immigrants. I'm only climate. saying that we just need proper vetting, okay? That's it. Oh, my God. That's not I'm so much to ask. This conversation. I... <laughs> it feels like, what did I sign on for? <laughs> yeah. Well, Surprisingly what is nationality, though? What, what is Popeye's, podcast. Like, what is Popeye's country of origin? Ireland, Martian, probably. I mean, to go back to his shape for a second, I, I one thing that I've always been struck by about how weird Popeye is is in you know in in terms of just his shape, he like you're right, he doesn't have the barrel chest, he doesn't even have big biceps. It's his no. forearms, which is weird, isn't? I mean, that is it's weird that weird he's got bit. like a big punch, but it's all from his forearms. It's bizarre. Like I, it's like a limp that's not where you need up. the strength. No, but like maybe I'm wrong. In my opinion, is, is that how? I, I mean, I am no. 
I am no personal trainer. As, as a person who arms... failed to help his friend carry a washing machine, we can trust your word on physical feats. <laughs> well, no, I know about weakness. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> I know what it is to be a, you know, a weakling. <laughs> like, my forearms, my, my biceps look a lot like Popeye's, but so, my forearms look just like his biceps. Hang on, They're just hang on skinny. A skinny. <laughs> That's a weird way to say that you're normally proportioned. I'm trying to reverse my <laughs> arm in my head. It's not quite weird. Do you think it was just like an animate, like a, the, the the audience needed? It's weird to say this, but do you think that it was just easier to tell the audience that he was strong by putting that he could punch strong by putting the muscles close to his fists? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like it makes That's that perfect. satisfying, like thud. And I rebound. love those yeah. thumps. Yes. Those, yes. oh, those, those thumps are delightful. Um, the foley on this. Did you guys notice this weird little power stance maneuver he does when he's about to do something, you know, brave? Uh, which he, like, one? psychs hey. himself up with this little hand gesture. He puts his hand, like, on his on his, uh, on his, his lower abs, his, his stomach, and one on his back, <laughs> and, like, kind of straightens himself out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's normally yeah. hunched over. That's the old sailor. Uh, that's the old sailor thing to do. Yeah, exactly. I love yeah. I love how much of himself like he's he's very much his job, like yeah. It, it, yeah. to the point of not having a last name, instead co-opting <laughs> his job title. He's just named after one of his deformities, like <laughs> you know. I mean, like imagine, yeah. yeah, and that's not even that's not the major deformity. Well, I thought Blue you were talking de- about Sailor Man being a deformity. <laughs> it's one, yeah. He's got so many other problems. <laughs> It's one that you'd probably not even notice about until about the five, fifth or sixth one if his name hadn't been Popeye. Mm-hmm. I, uh, man, I, I had this idea of doing this right, like a regular episode where we go through the characters. So I wrote death stuff down for Bluto and Olive Oil, but it was all unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, just it does. Look at Popeye. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, because you're right. My favorite episode, I think, is probably the one where he goes to Goon Island. I don't know Goon um, Island. Oh. Uh, walk us through this one. Okay, so he, it starts out with a song, I'm on my way to see my pappy. And basically his pappy he took a look at Popeye when he Sailor was a baby. Moon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. But what happens is he, he sings this too uh, through some tears and he says, my pappy left 40 years ago when I was a baby. He took one look at me and walked out. <laughs> Because I was so ugly, <laughs> and uh, you actually do get a glimpse of him when the when the he does finally meet up with his pappy, and his pappy kind of like reminisces and thinks back to what he looked like, and it's just Popeye's head on a baby's body. <laughs> I love it. Did he have a pipe? Uh, you know, I was he eating he cream might, and spinach. I, can't, I honestly, I don't think he does. Actually, I, I can't remember. Um, It'd be great if he at least had the biceps, like the bicep tattoos, though, or the the, the forearm tattoos. Excuse oh. me. Oh, yeah. the like, well, on the bassinet. I think his body eventually became the body for Sweepy. Oh um, yeah, sure. Okay, but so he sings about it, and he he finally arrives on Goon Island, and there are these goons, and they and I'll put it this way. Popeye makes himself camouflaged to look like the goons <laughs> because their arms are about as long as his. Um, they're a bit taller. Their noses go down, basically dribbling off their chins. And he basically yanks his nose out longer so that he looks like... With his superpowers. <laughs> yep. Um, and he puts some goon grass on his body <laughs> to look more like one of these sort of big Neanderthals. This world. 
<laughs> and he finds he finds Damn his pappy who is playing checkers with himself in a prison. And Popeye goes, oh, first of all, I, I love, it's one of his little things. Again, my favorite part about Popeye is the mumblings. And yeah, he just great. goes, boy, why couldn't my pappy, boy, this place is really eerie. Why couldn't my pappy have been lost somewhere else? I'm like, what are you talking about, Popeye? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, that's just such a weird musing. And like, he's like, why mean? couldn't he have been like, you know, lost in Florida or something? Like, what is he asking? Anyway, so so Popeye finds his dad in prison and he goes, Pappy! And he goes, how are you? And he goes, uh, I'm. don't you know your old son? And he goes, my own son? Oh! And that's when he reminisces back to what Popeye looks like as a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I walked out on you, pal. What are you doing here? I don't want to see you, which is hilarious. He's been in prison for 40 years. And even if he doesn't want to see his son, it's finally a rescue party. (laughs) And he doesn't want him. He goes, he seriously goes, I don't like relatives. (laughs) Why couldn't Bluto (laughs) bust me out? Yeah. (laughs) Bluto's a real son. (laughs) (laughs) First olive oil and now my old pappy. (laughs) And, uh... Like Popeye actually is just so depressed, he just wanders away, kind of like you know, in a slump. And one of the goons like sees him, and all the goons come and get because he's out of his disguise at this point. And they grab him, and instead of imprisoning him too, they just decide to kill him. And mm-hmm. while Popeye's like sort of yelling for help and then musing on things again, he's sort of like, "Oh boy." Uh, this is a, I'm, I'm about to, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Like he kind of says something like that, like as they're about to throw a boulder on him. They tie him down to the ground and then they're about to drop a boulder on him. Talk about a tight situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that. He's making puns in the face of death, which is a level of sang that really does suit him, I think. Yeah, I so, know. It's great. So his pappy suddenly comes to his senses and realizes that it's his own son. He goes, my own son, my flesh and blood. And they're like, he loves him all of a sudden. And <laughs> characterization he, didn't matter much. It, yeah, it's a little bit why I have a problem with Slumdog Millionaire because spoiler alert, the brothers only function in the entire movie is to prevent this guy from being with the girl. Oh yeah. And then in the guy. last minute he has this pang of like, you know, remorse and goes, "You know what? I'm going to give up my life so that my I'm sorry, this is a total spoiler. I hope I didn't give anyone. It's, but it's not a great it's like movie because old. he just it's he just suddenly record. switches his characterization like on a dime with nothing to really support that. <laughs> but it's yeah. kind of the same thing. I forgive it in a silly eight minute cartoon. <laughs> um, That's in, a, in an you. Oscar winning, best picture winning movie. No, sir. <laughs> not on my watch. Yeah, the Oscar really should have gone to Popeye. Yeah, it should have gone to Popeye Goes to Goon Island. <laughs> Um, Goon Island, Goon Grass. It's basically the same story. So, Slumdog <laughs> right. Millionaire. The classic story. I, I really like the, sin, the 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 Popeye meets Sinbad episode. Oh yeah, where they're like competing. Theme yeah, exactly. Songs. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I think but we're the, trying to trying to get out of characters, but I did want to give a kind word. Well, I, oh, I just want to, if I may, I yeah, just want to say the the way it ends, the way they get rid of the goons. Oh, I'm this sorry, is I really thought you were clever. done. No, no, no. He has yeah, a pang of remorse. <laughs> it's his dad who eats the spinach because the spinach falls out of Popeye's like chest and it rolls up and he gets it. <laughs> his body <laughs> no, cavity. No, no, no. Let's just pretend he said shirt <laughs> and move right on. And 
But what's really clever, this is what I mean by like these early cartoons were just like there was no there were no borders really. And what happens is they beat up the goons so palpably that the the film itself rips apart <laughs> and then they shake the film or, or maybe they don't shake the film. I don't think they shake the film. But basically all the goons just start falling off the film into oblivion. <laughs> and then the animator comes in and stitches the film back together and Popeye and his dad go off together. Perfect. It is such a brilliant little cartoon. Man. <laughs> it's so much fun. And I'm like, you don't see, like, I think, like, the last thing I saw do that was maybe the Gremlins, you know? Well, just that fourth wall breaking kind of yeah. attitude. Well, it's, they're using this early iconography and, like, realism breaking of these early cartoons, but they're also testing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, like when they do, like, that big cloud of limbs. Yeah, the, the ball of violence. Yeah, whenever there's a wild brawl, right. they use that. But, like, if Popeye and Bluto are fighting, Popeye will just, like, slip out and Bluto right. beating himself up. Like, that's yeah. a classic joke now, but it was so, that's like, still such used, a subversion yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's a really good... I didn't actually make that connection, but you're right. Like, the fact that there's a huge brawl, or even with Bluto, he slips out so that he can go have some spinach, and then he goes back into the fight and sorts it <laughs> just out. Just right back Not in. just animation, um, also in, in musical cues, because you have that uh, the idea of a, of, a, of a triumphant leitmotif, right? What do we all right. know happens? Oh, Popeye gets when, beat up, the... he eats his spinach, and then suddenly... And you're just like, oh, it's about to. he's about to turn it around. This is great. I, I realized as I was watching an episode, like, there's not a lot of music in the first, like, two-thirds. But then once the fighting starts, the jazz band kicks in, like a 30s version of Eye of the Tiger just <laughs> pumping you up. <laughs> well, 30s music does pump me up more than anything anyway. And that's, that's not even a joke. Uh, oh, I love a good swing band. I know. Me too. And uh, I, I think that's fun, too, is that especially when they start to just have that constant flow of music and the characters are just singing along to the background music. I thought, <laughs> he sing along. Yeah. He sings along to his own oh, theme man. song. Yeah. No, he's all of you gotta well, go roller skating with me and she's like oh I don't know if I can blah, da, 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 da. so Popeye <laughs> is singing along with the music as he's punching Bluto and the pace and rhythm of the music reflect how he's punching yeah. it's just you get into a trance yeah, yeah. Or or they might like punch each other and sing a schoolyard rhyme while they do it I saw this uh, I saw one episode where they were both band directors like in adjacent like <laughs> studios, which made me feel really bad for acoustics. But like, <laughs> Papa that was Pluto, your big concern. Papa, like, so, Asking the so big Pluto questions. is like this, like this concerto maestro or whatever, and Popeye is this, uh, is just a conductor for his like little stupid family band which ha- by the way has wimpy on drums and he's cooking a hamburger on the cymbal and flips it by hitting the cymbal he's so hungry <laughs> but what happens eventually is that uh bluto throws a bunch of xylophone keys at him and he punches them in such a way that it produces a melody that's awesome it's so cool See, that's brilliant and i it's the type of thing, and I, and I don't even mean this as a joke, like Jackie Chan and, and Buster Keaton are these directors that kind of do that as best they can in real life, you know? And I yeah. think it's, it's, it is drawing back to these things of like, look at the levels of absurdity that you can do, and, it, and I think it does inspire people to, to, to make these other things where, you know, you are doing things of a level that is cartoon-like in it, you know? And it's these cartoons that sort of pave the way for that. Yeah, 
Uh, and I think that would be a really, that's a really good segue to go into um, a, a new, so we, we kind of jumped around a lot, which is fine. Uh, but I, I do have a few My notes ADD. that I wanted this to touch on. <laughs> yeah, these, these episodes are like six or seven minutes long, so it's hard to, it's hard to stick to one thing. Yeah, but, but let's. Like they, they don't have enough time to develop characters or themes, so you can't really go into that in depth. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's true, but like. I think we'll jump around on this in that, general. That's fine. I, I did want to say, uh, in related to what you were saying, Bill, that um, that the that the construction of this cartoon, in, in how daring it was, and how different it was, and how it was like trying to kind of pave the way, um, right. is that I do think that it is borrowing in some sense from theater, like in, in, in the amount of song and dance numbers there are, um, right. and. So I don't think that they really knew what they were trying to do with this medium yet. And so they just kind of patched, like, it, it kind of like Steamboat Willie, you know? Like, that's not really a cartoon. It's like kind of a song with some physical comedy in it, you know? Right, right. right. Um, and or, or like the four-minute song that Sinbad the Sailor does. Um, Popeye joins Betty Boop for a hula dance. Like, this is just kind of like a, like an entertainment bucket that they did. Like, again, <laughs> it's not like a... It's not a cartoon format. We're not like uh, ramping up the. We're not ramping up the character development to go to a climax or something. We're just showing things that you would see at like a theater or something like that. And and yeah, I mean, you're you're bringing this up. Uh, I teach a um, an independent study on the history of comedy, and one of the things the kids noticed was that they're like, there's so many. There's so much music involved, and I kind of have to explain, like, you know, if you go way back to, to vaudeville here, mm-hmm. it was a string of jokes and then a song, and it, it's so intrinsically linked, yeah. um, like music and comedy, mm. that, like, if you listen to old radio shows, it's it's all the way up until the 50s and the 60s that you still have the format that, in a comedy program, it has to be broken up by a song and a an orchestral number. And you don't have that on, like, you know, like mystery programs. It's not like, you know, the shadow is going around and suddenly they go, and now it's time to listen to, you know, when you wish upon a star. Yeah, they're, they're not like, all Phantom of the Opera. And- yeah, and so it is interesting to me that there was still this thought that like, well, when you do comedy, there should be some music involved for the most part, you know. Like it was, I think it's kind of, it kind of goes, like look at Abbott and Costello, even, mm-hmm. you know, like, those are movies that have at least, you know, two, three musical numbers where they hire the Andrews sisters to be a part of the whole thing, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, to have these early cartoons have that element of it where it's like, you know, especially those Fleischer ones where, um, like, Betty Boop was to get, um, what's her name, to actually sing a song. That was half the, that was really what they built half of them around. Yeah. Um, it, it's super fascinating to think about that. You yeah, know? We're, we're back when guest appearances were like kind of mattered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so different from how things are done now because I, I actually this is kind of a running thing with newer cartoons that I find the song and dance numbers that they try to do like in some later seasons of Family Guy, uh, they do it all the time in right, Phineas and right. Ferb. I actually really dislike them for the most part. <laughs> yeah, when they're integrated into the action, though, in this, it, it it's because really it's because works. song and dance is already this thing's style, and it doesn't feel forced; it feels natural. Right. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I think. I, I didn't well, realize that so, you taught a history uh, so, of comedy th- th- class. That's th- th- that's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. 
Yeah, and if and if anyone was like, oh, that must be just sort of like a lightweight course. Like we talk about this, like the psychology of it to the point where CNN just came out with a show called The History of Comedy, and I'm like, all right, if that doesn't like completely legitimize this course, <laughs> like, um, uh, but um, it's but funny that you say that, Ben, about like the music, how it's almost like jarring today, and yeah, just how, well, it feels like, forced, even, yeah, yeah. It's funny because it is so natural back then. Um, but even the Jack Benny program kind of went, all right, how can we make this less intrusive? Because if you listen to something like um, Burns and Allen or, or Abbott and Costello, they have their first act and then there's a song by their, their, by their singer. Mm-hmm. And then they do the second act and then there's like an orchestra number, like, you know, they do a hot new like swing number. And then they finish off with the third act. But the Jack, and then there was also a commercial in there as well. But the Jack Benny program managed to basically unfold and envelop all of those elements into the story so that the story would happen without break. So you'd have, like, you know, Jack Benny, like, cleaning up at home, and suddenly the singer would come by his house and say, hey, I've got a song for you. Um, You know, can I sing it for you? And he'd be like, sure, let me just keep doing this thing. And then he'd come out of it. In fact, they even had a great gag once where he's over and and he just sings. And he gets out of it and he goes... He's been reading a Western script, and he says something along the lines of like, you know, like, oh, I've asked you, Varmint. And he goes, boy, you were really into that script, Mr. Ben. And he goes, yeah, you were reading that um, like throughout my, my play, you know, my song. And he goes, oh, yeah, sorry about that. He goes, yeah, you rode me around piggyback for like the third half of the song. <laughs> and then he goes like, oh, sorry about that. He goes, yeah, get off. <laughs> and it, like the song is actually part of the story at this point. And that's great. Yeah. So that's yeah. so weird. <laughs> and I didn't even realize like how well it integrates into things. And then I'm looking back at like the first episode and he starts like our introduction mm, to Popeye right. is him singing his own theme right. song. And it's right after, and, it's, and, and it's right after he's been like, <laughs> the regular theme it's, song. it's right after it has like this like newspaper headline. So like it, it's actually also done up like a big production, like presented by Paramount. Like it's, it's, it's presented right. as though it's going to be a movie. And then right, yeah. they yeah. show the Musical. headlines, Popeye, like film darling or something like that. Like, this little <laughs> this little drawing of a sailor man has as much weight and authenticity as you know the biggest stars of the day mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, with the underdog thing, like the little guy made it. He's just a sailor man, but now he's a big you know hot shot star. Big shot star. Oh, that's great. Um, I wrote down a couple of words from the uh, <laughs> from his intro. Yeah, please. I, <laughs> I was try I could not I couldn't like decipher everything that he was trying to say. The second the second verse, just the words and the grammar of this. I'm one tough gazookus. Yes. Which hates all poets. That one I did know. Yeah. What ain't on the and up square. and square. <laughs> is <Yeah>. this <laughs> Phil, is this the normal vernacular of the time? Well, it's pretty much how I word myself every day, don't you see? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would love to have, like, a grammar teacher try to, like, like uh, you know how, like, you have, like, the past perfect and present projective or, like, right. whatever, like, the grammar, grammar words are. I would love... Past Popeye. Yeah, <laughs> the past Popeye. I would love to see them dissect that sentence, what ain't on the <laughs> up and square. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I remember looking at it and I'm saying, okay, definitely some of these words are right, but <laughs> it is it is just so... Like, you saw that it had the bouncing ball so that you could sing along in the Oh, theater. yeah. Every single word is misspelled, or <laughs> spelled absolutely correctly is actually how I hope, you know. But, you know, finish, and I mean, every other finish word. Finish is great. Like, 
W O T for what? Like, like they only spent a few minutes writing it. They just didn't, they didn't want to make it rhyme more. Someone just was sitting on the typewriter as they were doing it, and like they didn't have a dictionary handy. Yeah, they're like, "What rhymes uh, with palookas?" Uh, oh, jeez. Well, that one I'm pretty sure they did make up for the for the thing, but yeah, by forearms bazookas. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Had they invented bazookas back then? Maybe that was it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know anything had. about anything. Oh, <laughs> me neither. I, I don't understand time periods sometimes. I'm a little bit of Billy Pilgrim. Like, I don't know when things were invented. Well, I was so out of touch with um, what was current that I genuinely suddenly realized that I had watched so much stuff from, like, the Depression era. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize certain phrases had fallen out of... Of use, so I remember when a kid told me that he was moving to Machias, and I didn't believe him. He was kind of a he was kind of a jokester, if you will, and uh, <laughs> and I he went, said, "What a maroon!" And they eat a carrot. <laughs> I, 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 gen- I I genuinely said, "He goes like, well, Phil, I'm moving to Machias next year." And I went, "Are you on the level?" And he went, <laughs> "What? What? Which level?" And I'm like, "Level I said, four. Are you on the level?" And he goes, "What level?" And I thought he was just being difficult. And then I realized, me talk funny. <laughs> I talk me, like my grandpa. Me talk funny, that good bizarro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I happen to know that one. I think that your friend is a little... Okay, a little if you're out of touch, he's too in touch. Do you, ben, do you yeah, only exactly. know it from the monorail episode of The Simpsons? Monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the truck could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir. I'm on the level. Philip talks like he's from the 30s. <laughs> I say there, good chap. What have you? Um, yeah, I'll have your I guts think... for gutters. <laughs> <laughs> you gin-soaked Trotskyite Poppinjay. <laughs> Poppin' J. Oh my, that's brilliant. I had a friend in high school who kept calling me that. You only have that one. That's a good one. There, he just called my friends. Just called me Sir Philophicus, which I don't know. Oh. It was actually the same friend who used to pick up, you know, dryers for fun. My, my friends always called me fucker, <laughs> 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 which is which is a turn of phrase. Well, that they, <laughs> they must have seen your talents. <laughs> that's very sweet of you. <laughs> I'm oh. <laughs> Speaking of fuckers, we were going to talk about Homestar Runner. Um, <laughs> oh, this guy. <laughs> a what? A what? Yeah, what, what about him? He's got this weird little pet. Now, I know that it's, it's Strong Bad who's got the pet, mm-hmm. and it's Strong Bad who's got the gravelly voice, but he's got the cheat. But Popeye's got a little pet called the Jeep. Wait, what the fuck is the Jeep? The, so the Jeep is his magic dog who can who knows what's true and what isn't without what? anything. Was this else. like a Wait, sixth he, season Great he, Gazoo kind of thing? He, he's like Lying Cat from Saga. <laughs> yes. Do you have? Do I you don't understand what, my reference. I, I don't understand your reference. You asshole! You acted like right you now. did. <laughs> no, I was I was about to qualify it with yes. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds really amazing, and I can't well, wait to watch it and listen to the podcast about it. Uh, so Saga so is. Saga is actually a, a graphic novel um, that was recently produced. I think it's uh, by Brian Vaughn. It's really good. And there's this cat that uh, follows kind of the bounty hunter character around. And okay. whenever somebody says something that is untrue, including him, it, it will just say lying in all capital letters. 
okay. in a monotone. This absolutely is ripping off Popeye, <laughs> and I think we need to do something. Oh my about god, it. copyright guys. No, he he what happens is Sweepy is um keeps jumping out the window and Olive Oil's like losing her mind because her she's baby keeps so jumping out the window. <laughs> yeah, I mean justified. <laughs> wimp but whatever um and uh popeye comes over and he just straight up like without any like you've got to see this pet it's amazing he just kind of goes oh olive oil i came over and i brought the jeep and she's like oh popeye thanks for coming over because i've got sweepy like killing himself and (laughs) and he goes well look what he does and he basically just sits there and goes look he can turn invisible which he does like periodically throughout the episode um and this is and so then, bizarre. When something's true, he puts his tail up straight in the air. But when he, it's not true, oh, what does he do? I forget he what explodes. it is. Like, it's something weird. It's not <laughs> 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 He does something weird. He doesn't just shake his head no, which he does do later too. That's what's weird. He does shake his head like no, what you just said isn't true. Which, you know, the mythology of this is really <laughs> Yeah, like this, uh, and it's, it's weird just for me to say like... this, but this almost feels too gimmicky for Popeye. <laughs> it, it sounds like when um, you know, Carl Pilkington is telling a story and you realize he just is telling the stuff thinking that it just makes sense, and everyone else listening is just like, No, no, Carl, what do you mean? Like no, he's just going, he's continuing. <laughs> There's a horse in the house and now he's flogging little flowers. What do you mean? What do you mean, Carl? <laughs> what you're a maniac? Like it is just so weird it's just like here's my pet he turns invisible he knows the truth he knows truth that anybody can say he doesn't he doesn't even have to know what's going on he just knows it instinctually like it's that's so bizarre what and then how? The, it's the, what the epi- <laughs> i don't even the, know the episode how to react is, to that <laughs> so i'll have to take the it all at once man the well, jeep. that's what i was doing the jeep yeah that's um, weird as hell and he's called the jeep and his species is the Jeep. No, yeah. Of course. So like, uh, nothing actually. <laughs> and and basically, the episode is, the episode is just Popeye following the Jeep around as the Jeep tries to locate the missing Sweepy, and he goes and goes and it's it. If you like Popeye's musings, this is probably mm-hmm. the best episode because it's just him commenting on what the Jeep is doing. Stuff like, uh, I'm right behind you, young fella. Oh, now you're behind me. Oh boy, what happened? <laughs> like it's just. Phil, it's... legitimately, you should put out like an audiobook of you just describing every Popeye episode <laughs> <laughs> with the voices, with, with the with the commentary. Like, well, my fa- yeah, I I will just say this: my favorite line that was spoken in in this in this thing was when they go roller skating, and the guy goes, he goes, "We wants to rent some skates." Like clearly a line that was written down, mm-hmm. and the guy goes, "Yeah, okay," and then and like and she just goes, "Yeah, we does." And he goes, what size? And he goes, oh, boy, what size? Anybody knows that. That's crazy. Oh, boy. Because he realizes that olive oil's feet are so big, it's embarrassing <laughs> to say. And then she just, this is clearly an ad lib. She goes, I'll take a three and a half, but an eight feels so good. <laughs> and then he just, and he just goes, so I better get 12s, huh? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? They just say whatever and they I want. Just, I just, they didn't. They I couldn't actually, like put this any of this through quality control. They had to put out a new one every <laughs> so often. Like. Oh man! I just liked it that they didn't know how to edit. Like they just <laughs> went. Had no idea. Well, he said it, so we have to animate well, it, that. That's now. the beautiful thing about this format being so bonkers to begin with is that you don't really yeah. need to edit to make because it. So it doesn't make any sense. So you don't really have to tidy up. Yeah, it's it was. 
it would it's so it's like it would be like whimsical. trying to organize mc escher's basement like you just yes. uh, you're fighting <laughs> every up time you battle. bring it upstairs it's back down in the basement again. <laughs> yeah. oh i thought i just got rid of this <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what am i still doing here i really like that i think that should become like a new idiom <laughs> organizing mc escher's basement, basement. Yeah, I would love. Speaking that. of idioms, um, I want to talk about a couple of the my a, a couple of my favorite like little little pun humor or like little turns of phrases that I found very funny. Uh huh. Um, like because this is sort of theater humor in a bygone era. Era. Yeah. So ever. the wordplay the wordplay is pretty good. Um, in the Sinbad <laughs> yeah. episode, he sees this cave with a sign out front that says, Be warned, those who would enter this cave, whosoever passeth in, passeth in will passeth out. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. And, like, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like, you know, cracked level sort of. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just perfect. Like, because puns can be really evil. But when they're flawed, like, when they're just effortless, that's when they're good. You know, when two things happen to coalesce and then you make a comment where the word fits for both, that's when it's perfect. And that's like, that's a good example. He who, you know, passeth in, passeth it's out. It's so that's good. I didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. Uh, the. Yeah, it does a funny thing about puns is that they are considered very low comedy, but everyone kind of forgets how hard it is to make a one that is good. Like a new one. It's actually good. Yeah. Right. Like there's a lot of craft that has to go into it. Yeah. Like I, I remember one person made one and I didn't think it was that great until I realized that it actually did work out pretty well. Um, and it was that we were having pasta. And I forget what the link was, but basically there was pasta that was hot enough to be like in the inferno and someone said did it was it al dante and because he, i didn't realize oh, this, I'm like, that's nice. kind of a that's a cheap pun but then i remembered his first name is actually Allegheny, so it really was al dante and i'm like that's pretty good <laughs> you know? and it was just one of those things that like kind of coalesced and yeah I was like, that's pretty yeah funny. you need you need three or more there's uh there's also yeah. a couple of lines where he just where they just get a lot of uh they like doing wordplay as like um like kind of really stupid wordplay where they say a word that is kind of complicated, but they say it in a way that makes it sound like a different word. Have you guys noticed yeah. this? So like Bluto, when he's doing the stupid conductor episode, he's like, <laughs> he, he kind of bows to the uh, audience and he's like, with all due respect to the great maestro. And then uh, Popeye does the same thing a minute later and he's like, with all due respect to the great mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> a little malapropism. Yeah, exactly. Or Or like, they're walking through the desert, and Wimpy tries to eat something in the desert that is not really there, and he's like, oh, just like one of those invisible garages that you can't see in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Garages. Yeah, and it's like I got I'm a lot always... of I got a lot of enjoyment out of those. I've always wondered why, like malapropisms tend to be really funny for people. Like, why do people laugh when someone says the wrong word? And uh, it is just funny. Um, I have a friend who's doing a PhD in comedy, and she says, oh, I've got, I hope I'm getting this right now. She says, there's three things that make us laugh. That which is taboo, that's the Freudian. Mm. Um, that which makes us feel, um, like, so if we're not supposed to laugh at it, we laugh at it, you know? Yeah. Um, then the other, w- <sighs> there's three. I'm forgetting the Unexpected. other one. Unexpected? The, the third. That might be it, actually. Yeah, it's that things that we don't expect uh, that are coming jump that laughter. are incongruous. Yeah, and then the third one is we laugh at things that make us feel better about ourselves. And I'm wondering if that doesn't fall into the third one, where we're like, "Well, we know the word." Oh, like a social laugh. And you just 
Right. Mm. You said the wrong one, and I actually am smart enough to know the the real one. Yeah. Your brain likes putting it together. What's so stupid is that I definitely felt that way. I felt superior in a really dumb way when (laughs) I heard those. You do improv, right? And so, like, you know that if you make a joke and don't give the audience all the pieces, but let them come to it themselves, it's a much better joke. Yeah. And I've always thought that that was funnier. Um, I've always loved, you know, jokes like that myself. In fact, I think that's why I almost, like, I, I'm i certainly not a prude, um, but I almost like humor after the Hayes Code because they still wanted to get a bunch of sexual jokes, but they had to do it in clever ways. you got to try harder now. The, the Hayes Code? Yeah, the, the Hayes Code was the thing that came out in the 30s and lasted till the mid-60s, which basically said you couldn't have anything that was against common decency. So, oh, which is, okay. Which is why Betty Boop is basically, she's like topless in the episode that we watched, but then later she's got this like cute frock with a collar on in most yeah. of the ones after 1933. It's, it's so weird that she's a sex symbol. Yeah. Like that, that, that blew Her my Nixon-like mind when I first jowls. heard that. <laughs> like just the difference in, in physical... Um, <laughs> In physical desirability, both male and female throughout the ages, is so weird to me. I'm sorry, I totally derailed what you were saying. Not really. I mean, I, I don't. I, oh, I was just saying, like back during the Hayes Code, they had they wanted to get some sexual jokes in there, but they had to do it in these sort of clever and cloaked ways, which makes you go, "What? Oh!" And mm-hmm. it's. I think it is just a little bit funnier than just coming out with like, you know, dick, you know, or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and now people can produce more crude humor but i think people realize like no it's more fun when you have to work a little bit right yeah <clears throat> right oh he's um, a sexagenarian at his age too <laughs> <laughs> which is funny on two levels right yeah that, that's pretty good um I, I wanted to talk about a couple other things in the show because i'm sorry i do have to kind of try to wrap this up yeah no, no i do too i've, I've got a I've got a show to do. Come down. No if you're listening worries. to this episode today, in the next two, if you can produce this in the next hour and people are listening to it an hour and jump to the last part, uh, <laughs> yeah. I am uh, I'm doing a show, Pop-Up Macbeth, this afternoon and this evening. So come down and see it. By the time you hear it, it will have been over. Great. What a plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a, future, a future perfect plug. A, a, a plug made by a time over. lord. You, you deserve <laughs> points of some variety. Uh, but then you're saying. Points for trying. Yes, there, there are two things that I want to bring up, one in animation, one in music. Um, so one thing is in a little addendum to the physical comedy, they do this a lot in the first episode. I don't know if this is a continuing thing, but the ability to punch something so hard that it turns into like objects. Yeah. Have you, did you guys yeah. notice this? Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. This is when this happened, I'm like, oh, this is what this is about. Oh, this is the kind of cartoon I'm watching. <laughs> he punches an anchor and it turns into fish hooks. It's so yes. great. He punches the mast and so it turns good. into a bunch of clothes pins. Because <laughs> yeah, they're both the made of wood. It's so good. Uh, what I like is that they, it sort of followed a logic, but then the logic disintegrated because it started out with like anchor goes to fish hooks and you're like, perfect. Same <laughs> shape and nautical and they're going to use them. That's perfect. Yep. And then you and then it goes to like, yeah, the, the big cl- like fish turns into a bunch of little sardines. Yeah, and you're it's like, great. Brilliant. Like and individually it, packaged. <laughs> yeah, individually packaged things. And then he goes, he does this thing where it suddenly is like, you know, I forget what it is. It's wood, but it turns into clothespins. And you're like... All right, now it's just smaller things made of the material, and it does disintegrate into this just like, every time I punch something, I create more things. Aren't I amazing? <laughs> it's perpetual motion machine. He punched a tree into a coffin. <laughs> yes, that's right, and Bluto's stuck in it. 
It's yeah, really because apparently because the nails were the nails. like what did, did he also punch the ground for like ore? I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe they're wooden nails. But yeah, the the physical comedy is so excellent here. Like, and the animation jokes are no kidding. Some of the best visual comedy I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this is from the '30s, and it's like more engaging to watch than any. And they're like so any joke ever told about it. on Teen yes. Titans Go. <laughs> like they're they're so casual. Uh, one time when uh, yeah, they're Popeye, background gags. Popeye's like looking through a hole in a fence, but it's too high up, so he pulls the hole down he to does. his eye level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> and I think there's a certain I don't know. I think the expectation now is that animation really does, even if it is madcap and sort of like bizarre, um, it still follows some sort of logic of physics and things like yeah. even Scooby-Doo or, you know, um, you know, anything in the nineties, like it was absurd, but on a, yeah, but there, you can't, there pull are holes down a piece of wood that just can't happen. And that, that like that level of absurdity doesn't happen anymore. I there feel. are rules. I don't know if you they can suss them out, but they won't tell you them. I, I don't right. know if it would have been funny in like back then in the way that it is now. Like it used to be, just kind of straight background humor, and now it's avant-garde. Right. <laughs> like, like, the yeah, way oh, that it's just evolved. Point. Yeah, like, the way that, like, our culture has evolved in such a way that that kind of humor is a different kind of humor. Yeah. On the whole, no, that show has just aged really well. Well, and I, and I appreciate you saying that because, I mean, again, being someone who just consumed 22 to 44, I really do think that's the, the breadth and scope of my knowledge for the most part. Um, yeah, once we got out of that Great Depression, culture just took a dive. <laughs> yeah, 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 for all the good you did, Roosevelt, all the good you did. Every, every, there were zoot suits everywhere. Yeah. Was it worth it? I don't think so. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, it is nice to hear people sort of affirm that things that I kind of was like, wow, this is really wild and clever. And to have everyone else just go, yeah, but it's black and white. And I'm like, oh, my God, who cares? You know, um, dude, we're here for you. I, appreciate <laughs> I mean, that was the whole point of that Chaplin film, right? <laughs> right. To get people more interested. Yeah. No, no. Like the, the movie with I think it was Robert Downey Jr. as right. Charlie Chaplin. And at the end of it, he's like, oh, people still love this. Well, and the funny thing, too, is like you look at like uh, I'll sort of kind of go to this. I don't know if we want to go to this, but I did watch a couple of the ones from the 50s. And I remember mm-hmm. even as a kid just going like, oh, I don't like these very much. This, they're not as good. The, I didn't like them. Thank you. Yeah, because they, they were like the, the, the it's super small potatoes, just what the plot line is like, you know. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, it, there's just like so much less imagination. Yeah, it's less watered wacky. down anemic version of like visual gags where it's like they have this really clear setup when like you look at these old ones from the 30s they don't need a setup to do any of this it's just like and then do this and then do that and then do this and it's this frenetic just series of really funny gags versus this mm -hmm. low you know steam sort of like plotting you know just like and then this it's like they were trying to get used to the idea of having plots in their cartoons but they hadn't like that's exactly all the details yet exactly even just even just with more modern technology like adding color to this makes right. it look worse it's so weird <laughs> yeah and, uh, that, that might be the, the nostalgia talking like popeye looks a certain way and when you change that in any way it, it looks less popeye right yeah. you know right so that might not be like in the same way that if you were to like be able to animate the thundercats in a non-limited animation way right. it would look worse yeah mm-hmm. And in fact, it does. Or like Rocky and Bullwinkle, <laughs> I, think, I think some of the fact that Rocky and Bullwinkle is that 
absolute zero movement until necessary. So in other words, mouths for the most part. That like, you know, uh, Hanna-Barbera sort of stuff. Like in a way, you'd be distracted. Like the point of Popeye is to have this visual carnival. But the point of like, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle is to have, you know, a sort of a political satire half the time. And they don't want to be distracted by that sort of thing. You know, it, it's, it's, its goal is different and therefore its animation style is yeah. different. Um, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to point out one thing else, which is that in the beginning of the episodes, um, or at least one of the episodes that I saw, there was like a little tagline underneath the title of the episode mm. that said, patent pending for special processes used <laughs> no in this kidding. production. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool. And I don't know what the special processes oh, have to check are. That <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to say that every day of the rest of my life now. That <laughs> phrase is so ominous. I, it's ominous and vague and just it's it's perfect. It yeah. doesn't need to be said. Yeah. I cannot believe that burger places don't like realize how ominous it says when they have a secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. That's so true. That, that that sounds like a threat. Don't try too deep. <laughs> Uh, well, we should start uh, wrapping up. So, um, yeah, a couple a... of final notes that I didn't have a place to put in anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the characters move, I like how it matches their body types. Mm. Yes. So olive oil is noodly, and she moves kind of like a rubber band. Yeah. Uh, Popeye is more compact. He hunches over, but like his he arms moves like a giant a toddler. <laughs> and and Bluto looks the way that I do when I run. He looks like a wall of meat perpetually falling down. This like, is not the first time you've described yourself running like that on this show. It's so true. A wall of meat. An armoire of meat. <laughs> As the um, French would say. But yeah, oh, what have we got like here? Some getting, sort of armoire. Just getting the characterization across in, in so many subtle ways yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah. to say that uh, they do a different sound effect to accompany, like, hitting something. Like, it's yeah. all dull thuds instead of, like, sharp cracks of a fist meeting a face. Right. Yeah, so it sounds like they can just keep taking more punches. Yeah, exactly. It makes them seem like uh, like just two supermen in a brawl, which is kind of what I want. So Yeah, I'd love to see them actually, like, you know, in something like Roger Rabbit. You know, obviously they didn't show up in there. But to see them sort of be these two people fighting and just what their... You know, then they like go cut and they go and have a cigarette break and they're just standing there going like, boy, you really took a lot out of my face that time. I'm going to go pick it up and put it back on. You know, like, like how masked wrestlers are in the in the break room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that actually that's a great that's a great. Yeah. Link. Yeah, that would be exactly <laughs> it. Uh, Phil, any last but, thoughts? Um, I think, you know, sort of to sum it up, I don't think this is anything we haven't said. Yeah, we can but, do closing remarks. But yeah, I think like, you know, the reason why I just I think. Popeye has always been one of my favorites is that it's madcap in that early style where they didn't really quite know that there there could be boundaries so they just do anything and everything and then there are other cartoons like that you know like Betty Boop um, and I think even like you know the Warner Brothers which are just so clever in and of themselves Mm. but I think what sets Popeye apart for me and always made it kind of my favorite one which is that it's just so zany and out there and then you mix it with these little under the breath musings that are probably my favorite frantic part. mush mouth yeah. yeah and and they're always i was trying to figure out what the guy was doing and it is purely half the time just the thoughts that are so clearly evident like oh i'm gonna walk over here now maybe it'll be there maybe yeah. he's under this thing and you're like we could have gotten that without that but it's <laughs> so much more it's so funny in and of itself that you have to speak every thought that you have and then when it's not just what's going on it's these weird like 
jokes and puns or just again the sort of like you know stream of consciousness out of leopold bloom's head like <laughs> you know oh i you know i'd much rather have it be like i hope i don't get a parking ticket here when i park on you know like what are you yeah. talking about that's brilliant so i think i, all, I completely agree great. um i i'm gonna go ahead and say just because um uh i anything it's pretty obvious i really like this cartoon yeah. I, I can't really judge it alongside modern cartoons just because they're so different but i unironically enjoyed watching the cartoon and uh you know it, it is it is a shame that you, so many people you talk to are like uh black and white so whatever because there's like a lot here that i don't see anymore and, and it I still wish holds I did. up yeah is the thing like you could put you could slip this into like a, a lineup of cartoons on like the cartoon network and like quality is right up there the kids might not be used to the same style but i don't mm. know i had a blast watching this yeah well thanks yeah uh, uh so yeah and we had a blast having you on oh it's yeah, my absolute pleasure so yeah yeah this was a this was a real treat for us both in going back to something else and to have a guest on again we 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 always love having guests and you were yeah. you were fantastic yes oh well thank you very much it was, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to be on your program and i really had a, a lot of fun and, and it was just a treat so thank you so much yeah thanks so much you're, you're welcome back anytime uh do you have any internet presences uh that you would like people to know about uh let's see um well when we get it back up off the ground um Halflick, look out for the podcast Halflick. can't wait um mm-hmm. i am in two improv troops uh both of which have shows coming up um one is the teacher's lounge mafia which is uh based more up in farmington but we do have shows down in portland so anybody listening down here or up there this is um, Maine. uh yes it's <laughs> that's right yeah oh, it's true okay um so ben that makes more sense we'll get you some plane fare um and then the other one is called the turkey club and we've got a show coming up in april ah, at bolfini's so. perfect that's a popeye joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah the turkey club i know yeah it's right up there with like you know uh ham gravy and <laughs> wellington wimpy and never gonna get humor. over that <laughs> food humor yeah. yeah cool um yeah so uh uh uh, our plugs i guess uh if you like the show and want to comment on it um or just tell us uh, suggest a show you can go to our website cartoncast.com or go to our facebook page and drop us a line um and uh, if you want to give us a rating or review on itunes that would be really helpful and more than anything else just tell your friends about the show yeah um so um we, what do uh, we have next yeah Dave? so next time we uh have a movie and it's an anime we are watching the first lupon the third movie called uh the mystery of mamo that's right. Do and not bother commenting on that one. We already recorded it. Ooh, peek behind did, the curtain. Did I did I did I ruin our mystique? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh what about after that, Zane? Oh, so after that we are gonna be watching um another old but not as old cartoon. Um oh, a ge- oh, we have a guest who has requested that we watch Johnny Quest. Oh yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Um and uh, I, I can't wait. I love having guests on. This is this is real fun because we do like three segments that are not our normal format, and that's always such a treat. Um, a lot of good things coming up. Let us know what you think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on, Phil. Yeah, yeah thank I you. Hope My you pleasure. Had a good thank time. Um, what do we want to go out on? No, can you just vamp Popeye mutterings for a little bit? <laughs> sure. Yeah, Safari Joe does again. <laughs> 
Wow, the, what a pleasure. Oh boy, I hope I go back on that show again. Boy, that was a pretty fun show. I'm going to go watch some more cartoons. <laughs> I'll look at this one here. There's a big dog on it. <laughs> I, I, I would let you just do that for as long as you wanted to, to be honest. <laughs> he runs out of breath. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go see Poop Deck Pappy, my 99 year old dog lost father. <laughs> Poop Deck Pappy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love to do Turkey like in his throat. update it too. Like <laughs> Turkey oh my in God, the my, throat. my cell phone. Oh, I don't have any service here. I want to uh, get any more bars. Oh, I want to see many bars with my dad. So bad. I want to go into a bar here and drink it. <laughs> Big drinking bar.